0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Play Podcast. I'm Jack Smith, joined today by my righteous co-host, Ryan Donahue. And righteous. apologies for the lack of energy. Baseball was fairly energetic this weekend, but I got a troubling lack of sleep this weekend. And I know Ryan's all sore from club baseball, so a little bit of lack of energy from me today. But I'm going to try and rally my way through it, and I'll I know, I'll know, let you start with your club baseball story, and then I'll get into why I lacked some sleep that, uh, this last weekend.
1: My club baseball career has finally taken off. I went five for 11 this week at the plate with a walk and a hit by pitch. So that brings my average up to a cool 227 on this season through, I think, uh, seven, seven games and uh, had another pitching appearance this weekend Went CG seven innings, uh, my first pitching or first probably pitching appearance that went longer than one inning since I would say eighth grade, probably. I threw probably about 120 pitches at least. And uh, I'll bring up my stats here. Seven against pitch, nine hits, uh, three earned runs, four walks, and eight Ks. So I um, I was happy with it. I did give up a bomb, but there was 26-mile-an-hour winds blowing out to left field. So I think one bomb I was happy with, only giving up one. But uh, I had a fun time this week and finally starting to play, play well. And I, I just, it's a great time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my club baseball. Uh how are you feeling
0: now, Jack? Well, first of all, that's one hell of an outing. I'm very proud of you. Congratulations. How, oh, how I, I, did, to- I
1: did forget to mention though, absolutely everything hurts. There is an yeah. ungodly amount of tiger bomb on my body today <laughs> trying to repair me.
0: How many curveballs did you throw of the 120 pitches? Oh, I was mixing, I was mixing in. I threw
1: I I went fastball, curveball, slider, cutter, threw them all. Fastball, curveball the most. Threw in some sliders towards the end of my outing and a few cutters mixed in. But I got to third after one of my hits. Third baseman goes, I didn't know you had a slider. It's
0: like, yeah, it's pretty dirty, huh? That that's a that's a flex and a half. Uh uh-huh. yeah, no. So Saturday night, first of all, great week of baseball. We're gonna get to that in a second. Um, but Saturday night got back and just every once every month or so, I just can't fall asleep. And so that ended up going till like five o'clock in the morning had to wake up only a couple hours later to go to an art museum for class, due Friday. I took an Uber there, an Uber we on the way back. and of course, Uber drivers, knowing I wasn't feeling great, had to swerve and bump over every single bump in the road. They were not nice rides. So just just a pretty horrible day yesterday, still really tired even though I got a good amount of sleep, but fitting this in between some classes, and still i'm excited to talk about baseball but if i fall asleep or yawn during the middle of the episode it's not my fault let's start with baseball we've got a lot of quick hitters because it was a great season opening opening day weekend a lot of great series a lot of great moments we're going to get into that and then focus on three we'll call them meat topics for the episode later uh, which were kind of based on series we're gonna do brewers cubs mets nationals and the blue jays and the rangers but before we get to that ryan quick hitters Starting with the Seth Beer home run, my God, that was a perfect start to the baseball season.
1: Yeah, I finished off the nightcap. I think was the last game of the day. Seth Beer walk off home run on National Beer Day. That was funny. Uh, yeah, Dbacks they they pulled out the win after they were getting no hit through, I think like six innings against U Darvish. They came from behind to win the game. Walk off. It was it was exciting, and it was a great way to finish off the opening day of baseball. And it it started off a great weekend and. We saw energy in that home run, energy in lots of other home runs, like Buxton's triple-decker, he was hyped for that. Uh, Pete Alonso's Grand Slam, where he had that sexy bat flip. Uh, All the first that we saw as well, the first hits, home runs, appearances from like Julio Rodriguez, uh, CJ Abrams, Bobby Witt, uh, Heli Ramos, Hunter Green. We saw uh, Stephen Kwan go off. So there was just a lot of things that we saw that we loved and uh, it's just going to be an exciting season all around, but baseball's back.
0: Yeah. One thing, uh, some energy in a homer was Gary Sanchez, put a lot of energy into a ball that did not quite get out, was caught at the wall. That was a little bit uh, of the opposite of the Byron Buxton home run, which went in the third deck in the same stadium. One of the tweets I saw was like, oh, he's adjusting to the new uh, outfield at target field as opposed to Yankee stadium. but the Benz is actually closer at Target Field than Yankee Stadium. So it was really funny. That was one of the one of the highlight moments for me of the first weekend because it was just the first kind of funny miscue that we've seen in baseball so far. But yeah, the Seth Beer one was absolutely fantastic. The fact that it happened after they were getting no hit through six innings was cool and all. But the fact that it happened on National Beer Day, Seth Beer hitting the home run absolutely fantastic and he was the first DH to ever hit instead of Madison Bumgarner hitting which I thought was was pretty funny since he joined and since this new DH was playing and it ended up uh, culminating in a walk-off home run that was a very good moment to start the season
1: yeah you mentioned the Gary Sanchez one uh we I think we were on FaceTime when that happened I was watching that game I was like
0: oh walk-off home run
1: because I saw Gary Sanchez bat flip and then Jesse Winkers at the track and just catches the ball so that was a funny one and another thing we saw uh this weekend was Rachel Balkovec i believe is how it's pronounced yep. first female manager uh in the Yankees organization minor league minor league manager she gets her first win it's great to see that breaking barriers expanding the game giving uh young young girls who are baseball fans they give someone to look up to and it's
0: just great for the game and we love to see that yeah i'm sure she'll be the first of many uh it was a big story this off season that they hired her and obviously kudos to her for landing the spot definitely deserved, it but for her to get her first win this weekend uh another great piece of news coming out of japan as well like we're not just an MLB podcast we're covering the minors and japan here uh roki sasaka or sasaki 20 year old threw a 19 strikeout perfect game the first nippon uh professional baseball perfect game in 28 years 19 strikeouts on only 105 pitches. Absolutely elite performance out of Japan. Yeah, that was exciting. Uh, He's just a great
1: pitcher, young sensation. He's going to be great for a while. Hopefully a few years down the line, we do see him come to the MLB. But for now, I mean, he's exciting to watch. Those highlights are exciting. And I hope to see him in the MLB one day.
0: Yeah, as of right now, can't is mean, only a second year in professional baseball and funny enough he was thrown to a catcher who was 18 years old mm-hmm. so starting battery that averages out about 19 years old with a 19 strikeout perfect game pretty sensational but yeah hopefully he can follow in the steps of uh, Shohei Otani maybe even say a Suzuki which we'll get to later um, but a- a- incredible performance and the last quick hitter that we've got we had some funny mic'd up moments in the first week of baseball ESPN um, while some people don't like putting the mics on players during the games and I might be part of that group as well. I'm also for growing the game of baseball and marketing the talent in Major League Baseball. So we've got a couple here, starting with Joey Votto, which I know you were a big fan of. What did you think of that one?
1: Joey Votto is just a great character. And you mentioned uh, some people might not like it. I, I'm on the train of like leaning towards not liking it, but I mean, it at the end of the day, it is the player's choice. So if the players choose to, that's kind of on them. So I'm fine with it. And it really seems like it's gonna continue, but. Joey Votto, he was great. Uh, He was so funny with, uh, like, bringing Ozzy Albies when he was on first into it. Ask him, "You think I should get a diamond tooth?" And he goes, "He goes, go for it." And so Joey Votto is just a funny guy. And then uh, the next one we saw was K.K. Hernandez in the Sunday night baseball game last night, and uh, he he kind of had a cool moment. I liked. Uh, Wasn't as like funny type as uh, as Joey Votto's, but he goes like, "All right, so we got faster runner on third, slower runner on second. Ground ball to me. I'm going to come up throwing and try and go to the plate." I, I just thought it was cool to see kind of his thought process. And I mean, you always are told when you're younger, like, if if you get the ball, know what you're doing with it. And it was kind of cool to see him talk out loud, like what he's going to do with the ball. And then the next pitch, he does get a ball hit to him. It was a little bit to his right, so he did he made the throw home, but it wasn't in time on an Anthony Rizzo game tying base hit in that game. But uh it was cool to see that. And then he not, when he was going into the dugout, out, he nominated Ozzie Albies to be next. And so I think that, that part is kind of cool as well. I think the nominations make it a, a kind of a cool, cool thing to see like, all right, he's next. And it's, it seems like it's something that's going to happen throughout the course of the season, which I'm kind of, it grew on me these last two for sure. But, uh, yeah. What did you think about those two mic'd up moments and potentially more in the future?
0: yeah I, I have to admit they were a it's funny to see joey vato talking about a diamond tooth on the baseball field and it was cool to see uh kike awareness or kike's awareness and then also during that play even though he said he was going to throw the guy out at home realized he didn't have a chance so then instead hit his cutoff man to keep rizzo at first so just good to be inside the mind and the eyes of the baseball player and it was funny because he had to be running around the whole time again i think it's kind of weird sometimes In i wouldn't want it in a playoff game or a high stakes matchup i the managers never really make sense to me because they just don't seem that interested in it but if you're getting players like vado or kike who seem to enjoy it and they're they're willing to like actually chop it up instead of giving a couple word answer and it seems like the announcers are just annoying them i'm all for that um one thing kike said that was funny to me is they asked him about the difference between yankees red sox Gi- dodgers giants if they were similar uh and he said super similar just colder and i thought that was the perfect answer um and i think that us dodgers and giants fans would agree that like maybe it's a rivalry it doesn't get as much respect as the yankees and red sox but it definitely should
1: yeah absolutely and with that excited to see where that goes this season but with that we can get into our kind of meat for today's episode and uh
0: one the first thing we're gonna start off with the brewers cubs jack what do you think about that series <clears throat> so I was told by a friend after we put out our series locks for last week that I definitely should have put down Brewers and Cubs. And I said, it's Corbin Burns, it's Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, you're not getting through that big three. And I said, yeah, I, I, I thought about it, but not really sure if the Brewers offense will show up enough. And it was just not enough for me to put it as a lock. Anyways, I'm glad I didn't. The, the Cubs take two of three from the Brewers, and that big three, the Brewers starting pitching, gave up 13 earned runs in 12.2 innings. A lot of that was Brandon Woodruff giving up seven, but Corbin Burns looked human. Freddie Peralta looked human. Uh, and I was right. The offense struggled at some points. They got shut out in game two, and they could have been a sweep by the Cubs, but Michael Brousseau or Rosso hit a home run in game seven, in the seventh inning of yesterday night's game. And so they won by one in game three to avoid the sweep. But overall, not the best opening series for the Brewers. Then I think that the, the key point was that they looked human uh, in the starting pitching three that everyone was so afraid of. And when that happens, you don't get to see guys like Devin Williams and Josh Hader come in uh, and shut down in game winning situations.
1: The Brewers success this season will be, I think, mainly upon if that starting pitching rotation starting pitching can keep up and kind of dominate because I mean, their offense, it's not one of the best offense. It's, it's a good offense for sure, but it's not one of the best in the MLB. So they will have to rely on that. The starting pitching and the back end of the bullpen to win some lower scoring games throughout the season. And if you have your pitchers not showing up, which like you said, you can't hand it off to the bullpen, then it's going to be tough to win a lot of games. And, uh, but yeah, from the Cubs side, they played well. Uh, Kyle Hendricks pitched well. Marcus Stroman pitched well in his debut, even though the Cubs ended up losing that game, but uh, say Suzuki arrived, he got his first hit and then his first bomb, I believe his first bomb was yesterday. And that ball was crushed as well. So it's exciting to see what the Cubs can do. They're kind of a team that's kind of projected around to be the middle of pack, but it'll be interesting to see what they can do this season. If they do find some success and where they end up in the central.
0: Yeah, I would like to to talk to who had Kyle Hendricks with more strikeouts than Corbin Burns on opening day. Not something that I necessarily projected, but I'm I'm curious to as to what you think about this Brewers offense. There's something that I brought up in the offseason when we were doing their record predictions. I just worried about how they could produce. We we kind of they kind of take an approach similar to the Rays or the Giants, in which they don't have a ton of stars, but they've got chances on guys. They Get production out of guys that you really wouldn't expect it to come from, but sometimes they also just can't put up the same amount of runs as some teams can. I mean, the Cubs put up twelve runs, or not the the Rangers put up twelve runs yesterday. Like they've got some star power now, but the the Brewers one of those teams that haven't shelled out huge contracts, and with guys like Yelich struggling, and you're not going to get the production from Willie Adams every day, their offense can not produce on some days, like you like you see them getting shut out in game two. So I'm curious if if you're worried at all about this this brewer's offense.
1: Definitely. And I mean Yelich is a guy with a lot of question marks. He could be big and kind of be that star for them and carry them, or he could see what he did the last two seasons where he kind of struggled and like he still had good seasons, but not star level seasons. And you're right, Willie Domas, he's good, but he's a little been a little con- inconsistent. And Brasso, I mean, he'll can he'll contribute, but he's not really there. Rowdy Teles at first, will put up a few big bombs. So yeah, they're kind of a boomer bust type of team. Like you could see all those guys kind of put it together. McCutcheon as well. There's some question marks with him get the last few seasons, but there's a team, they're a team that can put it together on any given night and put up 10 runs, or there's a they're a team that can struggle and get shut out, like we saw on Saturday. So they do have a lot of question marks. And I, like I said, I think for this season, for them to be good and to win the NL central, it's going to be on the pitching, the starting pitching and the back end of the bullpen. So I think that's big, going to be big for them. And if they struggle, I mean, it could be an ugly season, kind of a dis- disappointing season for the Brewers. And I know it is the first weekend of the season. We had a shortened spring training, so we're not weighing too much on this opening weekend outings, but if it's, if it is something that keeps up, it, c- they might not be looking good for brewers fans uh, this whole season. If their offense continues to play like they did this weekend as well.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Cause they're built kind of the opposite way of the Cardinals who are their biggest competition in the central, whereas we talk about the Cardinals. Oh, we love their, their we love their offense. We love their defense. They're kind of missing out on the pitching though. And then we're talking about the Brewers elite pitching, but we are a little worried about the offensive production. Again, you're right. First week of the season, I'm sure it'll work itself out, but they, are a team that does have competition for the division. And sometimes it can come down to who puts up more runs. And I just don't think, if you're looking at the Brewers and Cardinals straight up, I don't think you're expecting the Brewers to score more runs than the Cardinals on the whole season or or in particular games. So the Brewers pitching your right needs to step up. If they give up a run per inning, like each of their starters, a run per inning each outing, they're not going to win as many games as I think we thought they would. I'm sure it'll come back to normal, but I think the the point I was making in the offseason is I'm not sure what normal is. I'm not sure if normal is a season they had last year. It could mean they lose the Central um, to the Cardinals, come in second. Like, I'm still confident in the Brewers as a playoff team. Again, we still love their three starters, but just something to keep an eye on after one week.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, staying in the NL hit now, uh, going to the Mets Nationals, this was a great series and we saw a lot of things in this series. We mentioned the Pete Alonzo grand slam, we'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, Mets Nationals, that was a great series and we saw a lot of different debuts, I guess, different things we saw in that
0: series. Jack, you wanna get into it? Yeah, so I think the the main place to start is that benches clearing, not, uh, unfortunately for baseball fans, not a brawl, but a uh, benches clearing moment where Francisco Lindor was hit in the face. Luckily, it caught that the C part of his, the kind of mask that moves off of his helmet. So it did not hit him straight in the jaw and he passed concussion protocol, not going to need surgery or anything. He's not badly injured, which is good. But at that point, he had been the fourth Met hit in 14 innings of baseball. And the second one hit in the face because Pete Alonso in uh, the night before had also been hit in the face. So Buckshow Walter, uh, and then the rest of that Met's dugout was not happy with it. So benches cleared. Um, I know you texted me saying this is a really good sign for the Mets because it looks like they really care. They're going to go out and, and back up Francisco Lindor. And I'm sure a lot of people will say, oh, that's the the old head of, of Buck Showalter. If you hit my guy, then we're going to come after you and that kind of stuff. But I think you're right. It's good to see some energy out of this Mets squad. It was good to see the benches clear um for baseball fans after the lockout and everything like that and that was i think to that point our first benches clearing of the season but yeah the mets or the uh, nationals need to control their pitches a little more too many hit by pitches in this series we did also see a benches clear on the brewer's cubs that we forgot to mention towards the end of the
1: series yesterday but yeah the the scene i was talking about for the mets is when Lindor got hit in the face i mean it seems like all the mets were fed up i mean they were already angry after game one of the series but when Lindor got hit in the head, there was a shot. Like, I was I was watching it live, and uh, when it when it had a call, kind of t- calmed down a little bit. They got everyone separated. They were showing like some replays, and there was an angle you could see Lindor, and the Mets bench was in the background. And when Lindor goes down, almost immediately, Buck Showalter comes out, and every single Mets player on the bench hops over the railing, like right behind him. So I thought it was cool to see them united, and like they all came out at once it wasn't a thing where like you normally see with brawls where like guys start chirping and then everyone comes out after like they immediately came to his defense. And I think that's good for the Mets. It's good to see. And Buck Showalter was saying, he kind of like, he's rallied around the guys. It wasn't like a Tony La Russa situation last year where the, there was some disconnect early in the season, but, uh, I think that was good for the Mets. And yeah, I mean, another thing we saw in this series was, uh, the Nationals' new uniforms and Jack, I know you have some opinions about about that those, but I kind of liked them. I I I still love the City Connect jerseys, and we saw the Astros' new one yesterday. I love those ones. I think those are one of my favorites. The, those looked really good, as much as I don't like the Astros, but uh, I I thought they looked good, Jack. I know you have maybe a little bit different opinions. What did you think about the new National City Connect jerseys?
0: Yeah, it's. I'm gonna echo what I said when we had them as a quick hitter. They just needed more pink, honestly, that if for a night game, bringing out just kind of dark muted gray jerseys with some, some white and a little bit of pink, they just kind of look like gray jerseys and dark gray jerseys. Something that I said, I didn't really know if it worked on a baseball team for a baseball Jersey. And I didn't think it worked all that well for them. I wish they were pink. Honestly, if they were pink, they would be, it would be awesome. Um, and unfortunately for them on that day as well, Pete Alonzo took him deep for a, a huge grand slam probably the, the the most key moment of the series that we can get to in a little bit. But what I wanted to, to touch on first was right at the start of the series and coming into the year, we were thinking, okay, DeGrom's the opening day starter, then DeGrom goes down. So it's okay. Scherzer's going to start opening day. It's not Scherzer. They don't tell us who it is. So we assume it's Bassett. Maybe it's Taiwan Walker. Maybe it's Carlos Carrasco and ends up being Tyler McGill. Uh, the la- I think the, if you were to pick going into the season, maybe the sixth guy that you would think to start opening day for the Mets and he shoves, he, he looked really good he's throwing a lot harder than last year and it kind of is a whole story is even though Degrom is down even though scherzer is still a little limited mcgill bassett carrasco uh, alonzo lindor like the mets still stepped up still performed really well in the series against the nationals and i think that's something that we haven't seen from Mets squads in year past um, dealing with adversity and uh, just being a strong team up and down the lineup so even with even without DeGrom, it was good to see the Mets uh, still as a dangerous team. And if they can get contributions like this from McGill, Bassett, Carrasco, Scherzer getting fully healthy, that's, that's a huge sign for New York. Yeah, the Mets, uh,
1: they still look dangerous this in this weekend series with the Nationals. Uh, Saw so Mark I he, he went seven for ten. He is a new addition. Uh, Marte had a couple of hits. He's new. So they kind of had these new looks. Uh Francisco Lindor hit a bomb, which is good to see after he struggled a little bit last season. Pete Alonso with that that huge monster grand slam that helped the Mets in that game. And with that nice little twirl bat flip, I loved that. But yeah, I think the Mets, they're still going to be dangerous. And we talked about their starting pitching before. They're going to be one of the better rotations when healthy, if not maybe the best rotation in baseball when they are healthy. So w- when they get fully healthy, they're still a they're a team that's going to be a real threat in the National League.
0: Yeah, I, again, can't say enough about the performance of those of the Mets. I, I said picking up the slack from Degrom and and Scherzer being down. Scherzer still came in and started uh, on that day that the Nats had their City Connect jerseys. Also on that day was the Apple TV broadcast, uh, the the debut of the Apple TV broadcast, and I know uh, we were on Facetime when it happened. And we both liked the graphics. We think, uh, I mean, I, I'm all for diversifying MLB broadcasting. I think it's it's, it's it'll be good for the sport. Um, I liked the graphics, like the score bug, all that stuff. They had really cool stats uh, on the bottom right, telling you about the hitters, the announcing has some room to grow i I love trying new things in a booth uh but there was one specific moment that i know a lot of people are clowning on on twitter which is the fogo to chow story when it was a one-run game everyone really wants to tune in on this on the day that scherzer's making his first start it's a close game and for about a a minute and a half they say fogo to chow like a thousand times and we're not focusing on the baseball at all so again it was funny It's the first game with this new booth. I'm sure they'll figure things out a little bit, focus a little bit more on the baseball. But I don't know if you were watching at that point. I thought it was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, I saw that. And like you said, I love the look of it. Kind of like the Apple, like a little bit of transparency in the the scoreboard areas. And they had those live stats at the bottom. Like it would say like reach-based probability or RBI probability, like depending on the count too. So it would change every pitch, which was kind of, I like to see that and uh, had their name down there at all times. So you kind of like, kn- if you didn't know who was hitting, like you're just t- tuning in, you knew who, the, who everyone was. So I thought that the, there was a lot of cool aspects to it. You're, you're right, I mean, the broadcasting crew probably, it it definitely can get better, but uh, overall I liked it. And I think it'll, like you said, it's gonna diversify the way you can watch games. And I think it's kind of ushers in a new generation. I think in, within the next five years, we're going to see a lot more of exclusive games on different streaming services like this, which, I mean, maybe some people like it, some people don't, but I think it is the future.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I'm all for diversifying, um, making new ways to watch baseball because obviously you got to identify with the younger generation. It's something that baseball fans will complain about not marketing players and not, bringing in the younger generation but when it comes to stuff like this then they'll complain like no i want to watch my mets on sny why are you making me buy an apple tv subscription it's like well the kids are on the streaming services so if you want them to be baseball fans like pick one or the other i'm a fan i like diversifying this stuff and there's only room to grow we saw i mean espn still doing their stuff with the mic'd up they've got the k rod broadcast which i still have to get around to checking out some of the highlights there's i've got it queued up on on youtube to eventually watch um so i can't comment on that quite yet but i'm liking the doing doing the new things like we saw with the peyton and eli for football i'm sure these this stuff's going to keep changing i'm all for it the next series that we wanted to get into is the blue jays and the rangers this one was in a, a crazy series starting in game one where we both had them as as series locks the, the the blue jays over the rangers and jose barrios goes there and craps the bed in the first inning and we were like uh that's not what we expected this blue jays team to be like but then they come back and they come back from down seven i think after the fourth inning to win the game and that kind of set the tone for the whole series it was back and forth uh electric offense blown leads a a crazy series what's the first thing you want to touch on i think just the blue jays offense is at as advertised they were electric they
1: showed like they showed sparks in all parts of their order. Matt Chapman hit a bomb. Uh, I believe Tasker had the game tying one in one of the games. Vladdy hit one. Bo Bichette hit one. So I mean, their offense is just dirty, and we saw them. Their starting pitching struggle, which is something we will we'll talk about as well. But even when they starting pitching struggle, they found way to the offense found way to keep them in the games and win the games. So I think, and those games in Canada, they've got all of Canada behind them. Those games in Toronto are just so exciting. One thing we saw was the, it was late in game one of the series when there was the overturned call where the ump came onto the mic and said, after review, he is safe and the crowd goes wild. It was just awesome to see. It's, it was great rather than just the umpire coming out and say safe, I think it's, I think that part of, of an uh, is announcing the call instead of just making the gesture. Is great for the game as well, and I thought that was so exciting. And the Blue Jays, man, they're going to be a fun team to watch this season.
0: Yeah, that was the part that struck me the most after that game. One was that electric, uh, the the Rogers Center. They've got all of Canada behind them. As you said, it was absolutely riled up in, in Canada. They were they were amazing. the The Rockies had the highest attendance of the weekend, but the Blue Jays crowd, I think, was the most into it. They were. They were going crazy, and for good reason. Like you said, their offense was absolutely electric. Vladdy did more than hit just one. He hit the farthest home run of his career so far. Uh, Absolutely smacked. Boba Shet had a huge home run. Teoscar had that big one. Matt Chapman came in, hit hit his first home run. They were all smacking the ball around the yard, and so were the Rangers. The Rangers, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, hit hit for 12 runs uh, yesterday. So both offenses were electric um both blue leads at one point in the game like we said the blue jays came back down seven and yesterday the uh blue jays blew the lead to the rangers so it was it was a great series um let's get into some of those blue Jays starting pitching struggles though. We were watching games on, on FaceTime on opening day and we were both invested. I was watching Marlins giants. You were watching Dodgers, Rockies, and then the blue Jays game started and you were like, Oh dang, the, the Rangers scored a couple in the first against the blue Jays. I was like, Oh wow. And then I realized, wait, Barrios is starting. I have my fantasy team. And I look and he allows, uh, he gets one out. Yeah. I should have traded for, well, we'll get into that. Um, In, and he ends up getting one out and then getting pulled out of the game after giving up a bunch of runs. Seager was in the mix. Semyon was in the mix. That whole top of the Rangers lineup was just getting on Jose Barrios. And I was like, uh-oh. But then, you're, then, like we mentioned, they come back to, to win the game.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, which being in Texas, Fort Worth, it's like 20 minutes from Arlington where the Rangers play. I couldn't actually watch any of those games because MLB TV has them all blacked out which I was so, so disappointed. I didn't even think of that. I was like, that was one of the series I was most excited to watch to see Seeger, who I, I might like him. I don't know if you can tell a little bit, but, uh, and the Rangers, they're kind of like the hometown team, a lot of fans here. And then obviously the Blue Jays are so exciting. So that was one of the series I wanted to watch the most and I wasn't able to. So all I saw was highlights and the exciting moments where they hit the bombs and the crowd going crazy, but yeah, Barrios, he struggled for sure. And I mean, i i won that trade uh but uh <laughs> it's one it's one star i know i and know it's, it's it, not like Gosman
0: I, did all I, that I'm, much better the I'm next just, day so
1: i'm just getting a reaction out of you but yeah but we tra- i traded uh brios and what was it
0: uh it was, it was Jer- jared
1: walsh, was. walsh for freddie freeman and noah cindergard who Noah Sundergaard pitched well for the yeah That was that was a
0: that was a good uh, performance justin Verlander uh, uh, back on that day as well
1: yeah, it's, that was an exciting game, but we're, we're not going to talk about that series as much. But uh, yeah, the Blue Jays' starting pitching struggled, but the series as a whole it's just super exciting. And like Barrios struggled that first game, like we mentioned, Gosman didn't do too hot. And uh, game three, who, who do you remember? Who were their game three? Yeah, it start? was Manoa. I was think. it Manoa? Was it Manoa? I, 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 th- I thought Mano- I thought I saw Manoa was pitching today, but okay, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Blue Jays went up six nothing in that game and then gave up twelve runs, but it lost 12-6 by the end.
0: Yeah, it was but, a whoever uh, whoever did start. It was more on the bullpen than, than it was on them. Yeah, so
1: I mean, that'll be an interesting team. Hopefully, like we said, pitching can uh, pitching. I mean, with the quick spring training, I think pitching will will come with every team, uh, but right now it's. a focusing on the offense like we said blue jays were electric but i mean rangers put up runs as well i mean I mean they're a team that's doesn't have the pitching that's i don't think the rangers are as much of the case as they need time we just don't think they have the pitching to compete this season but i mean they got the stars now seager simeon seager uh he went six for 13 this series so you love to see that i mean i think he's worth every penny of that contract uh, but i know i love seager but and then he had that weird bat break i don't know if you saw that video it was so weird he saw he like swung and it just came apart right here so following through he had the handle right here and the rest of the bat on his left hand and you got a base hit on on it on the swing which was kind of bizarre but th- that whole thing was bizarre but seager that the rangers offense can put up runs and we saw that that when they win games it's going to be those high scoring games most of the time
0: yeah, these are the runs they bought and they got their money's worth in runs and they put up more runs in the series than the Blue Jays did, of course, scoring 12 runs in the last game helps. Yeah, they, but they, they had a, a good,
1: positive run differential, even going one and two.
0: There you go. I think uh, a good sign for the Rangers, maybe another sign that teams that don't spend money should start to spend some money in free agency, but uh, that's uh, neither here nor there. But yeah, good for the Rangers. Blue Jays still ended up uh, getting two wins in the series. Um, there was so much that we loved from the first week. We can't overreact too much to like three games for each team. Next week I think we're going to do some storylines and whether they're overreactions or not. Um but for this week, I mean, we only had three games pretty much in each series, so we couldn't get to everything and it's hard to watch 50 games in a weekend. So if we didn't talk about your favorite team, we apologize for that. Um and if we you know if if you're a rangers fan and we missed out on something that happened in the third inning of the second game with like two outs we can't watch every single game so we apologize if we missed a couple things let us know down in the comments what you liked from the first weekend your dodgers though lost the series to the rockies yeah i mean you had them as a series lock we're gonna get into that in a
1: second as well but uh like i said when you had them in your series lock they struggled in spring training so i need i needed to see a little bit from the dodgers before i before i put them in my locks but yeah i don't really want to talk about it one and two to the rockies first time they lose at cores, lose a series at cores since 2018. so i think uh dodgers have i mean arias pitched horribly have him on my fantasy team so i think hopefully the dodgers don't struggle for too long because i would hate to see that just as a as a fan I really hope that changes, but yeah, I'm like Jack said though. Let, let us know what 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 you liked from this first week. We'll have like a, have a conversation with you in the comments, so we'll get to talk about your favorite team or something you love to see in that in that way. But uh, enough talk about the Dodgers. The Giants unfortunately won the series against the Marlins, which I thought the Marlins really had a chance. They blew that uh, opener game where. Jazz had a go ahead bomb and then they gave up a go ahead bomb and then the walk off as well and extras. So, do you want to talk about the Giants at all before we get into our series locks?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. The Dodgers on pace to only win about a third of their game. Oh, so, Giants on pace to win 66%. Look at that. Um, yeah, I think we're not going to do overreactions. Maybe it wasn't uh, as exciting as the Blue Jays or the Rangers putting up 12 runs or eight runs in a game and all these. Huge comebacks and tons of homers. But I thought pure baseball might have been one of the better series of the weekend. We got uh, performances from six great starting pitchers, uh, Webb, Radon and Disqualfani for the Giants. and, Alcantara, Lopez, and Trevor Rogers for the Marlins. So some high-octane pitching matchups on in game one. That's what we got between Webb and Alcantara. Game two, Rodon with 12 Ks in his debut and was still somehow outperformed by Lopez. And it was one-run game in all three games. Game one was exciting. It was a roller coaster, but ended up coming up with the win. And then game three, uh, maybe less of an exciting game, but Giants still come out with the win. So happy with what I saw. Got some good performances from some new guys. Tyro Estrada guy I'm high on going into the year was a a big contributor, hit the game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth in game one played great defense. Joey Bart hit his first home run as a giant. uh, And then Elliot Ramos coming up yesterday and getting two hits and scoring a a run in his debut. So excited by the giants, excited by Carlos Rodon specifically, and uh, they move on. They're going to play the Padres today and, and, uh, Play them in a series, and then they are going to play the guardian So, overall, happy, good first weekend for all of baseball. And I'm glad the Giants were able to squeak by and, and win two of three against the Marlins.
1: Yeah. And I think that kind of wraps up everything we wanted to talk about for the meat part of uh, just a great weekend in general. And we've got a great week coming up. But something we want to get into now is our series locks. We're going to review our picks for the opening weekend, give a little score update, and then give our picks for next weekend uh if you're new this if this is your first time or you didn't see last week's episode the way series locks are going to work is it's going to go for the whole week we for the first week we just did opening weekend but this one is going to be for the whole first week so we can pick any of this series that starts today or tomorrow and then the weekend series as well so we can pick from anyone we pick a minimum of one maximum of five you get one point for a correctly pick two points if it's a sweep one negative one if you get it wrong and negative two if you get sweeped yeah, I mean, last week I had the Phillies over the A's, which was correct. The Phillies won two to one that series. Padres over D backs, they won that series two to one. Uh, and the Blue Jays over Rangers, who won that series two to one. So I get all of them correct. No sweet points. I just have three points right now.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, your Dodgers kind of screwed me over, but I was happy to see it. So that started me off uh, as a minus one. I also had Blue Jays over Rangers. Plus one brought me to zero. And then I had Rays over Orioles, which even though I got a sweep, uh only brought me to two points on the week so even like i I had a sweep but your dodgers losing i'm down on you three to two going into this week and i think we each have do we do you have three picks or four picks this week i've got
1: four i just added i just added a new one like just now
0: because you yeah uh, because you stole it from me i just saw
1: no no i I was gonna do that one originally but then i had a change of idea so i'm gonna but i changed it then i'm gonna add it back just onto the other one that i added but uh And one thing we didn't mention, if at any point any of us go uh, under 500, so if Jack had gotten one more wrong and been one for three instead of two for three.
0: Yeah, if the Blue Jays, I mean, literally, if the Blue Jays had not come back to score, I would have been doing a punishment, which we again, we put these on our Instagram. There's the rules are there. You can look it up on there. We'll probably end up putting them on Twitter this week as well. But punishments are going to be a group decision between you guys and uh, us. I think we can have some ideas. You guys can have some ideas, but say I had gone under 500 last week, then I would be here today doing some version of punishment. Um, a couple of ideas I had that I explained in last week's episode, like uh, rap, freestyling your picks for the week or taking a shot of hot sauce before doing your picks, whatever we can think of, whatever you guys can think of, that's within reason and, and doable to put on YouTube and put on the internet and keep it out there for the rest of our lives. Uh, whatever, we deem to be okay we will pick as a punishment hopefully that never happens for me love to see it happen to you but it won't i'm perfect let's get into let's get into our picks for this week uh and see which ones are going to have you doing a punishment next week uh yeah so
1: for we want to just go back and forth on this yeah so I, i think one thing i want to say real quick is there's a lot of good series this week uh this i mean that won't really factor into our locks because they're good series they can go either way so you should watch them um one thing stuff i want to talk about Rays, white Sox. that will be a great series mets phillies blue jays yankees so a lot of good series this week but then there's also these ones that we feel are locks and uh we kind of want to avoid picking all the same teams every time and also all the same teams losing so uh but without further ado First pick i'm gonna go with is i've got the mets over d-backs and that's a weekend series uh for this coming weekend so i mean the d-backs they're the d-backs we saw them lose 110 games last season and the mets we saw do great this week so that's why i've got mets over
0: d-backs lock it in i thought about that one as well but i ended up picking a different team D-backs are going to have a tough week because I have the Astros over the D-backs. That's this coming series, I believe, uh, starting tomorrow, uh, the day you guys are going to be seeing this as well on Tuesday. I've got the Astros over the D-backs, um, not a whole lot from that Astros Angels series this week. We forgot to mention earlier in the mic'd up moments, but Jeremy Pena hitting his first home run with his parents on the mic was another great mic'd up moment. Um, But Astros strong performance. I think they will have an even stronger performance against the D-backs. If I had a lock, I would do it. I would say lock it in.
1: Yeah, and my second one was uh, Yankees who won their series against the Red Sox, the rivalry. I've got them over the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles, they're the only winless team left and Yankees are have a lot of star power. And so I think the Orioles will just struggle this. I think the Orioles might be a team that show up a lot this season in these series locks on the wrong end, just because they're in the tough AL East. So they can have a lot of series this year where
0: they could be locked against. And for this one, I got the Yankees as a lock over the Orioles. I want to take that one now, but again, I did pick against the Orioles last week. I do feel bad that they are the only team in the MLB without a win. I'll, I'll stick with the three I have um, but just know I wish I, I would have picked them had I not picked them last week and had I already put them on my dock coming in the other series I'm going to pick is the Giants over the Guardians which is going to be the Giants weekend series after they face the Padres um, Guardians have shown up a little bit on offense starting yesterday and into today I think they're beating the Royals right now by a couple runs like you mentioned Stephen Kwan getting things going Jose there, Ramirez yeah. Uh, Oscar Mercado's hit home runs on back-to-back days, and I think the Giants will get Shane Bieber in one of these games, but outside of that, not too terrified by the by the Guardians pitching, and that game, or that series, is going to have Rodon, Discofani, and Wood for the Giants, so feeling good about that one. Yeah, my next pick, this is the one I added instead of the one that
1: I threw in at the end, of, but uh, I, had the, I have the Phillies over the Marlins, and I think I believe this is the weekend series as well. So it's going to be, you might see uh, one of Lopez and uh or Rogers, but I think Alcantara won't be won't here in that series and Philly's offense. I think the Marlins offense isn't good enough for the Phillies pitching. And I think the Phillies offense will just be a little bit better than the Marlins pitching. And I think that's what it's going to come down to is who can win the Phillies hitting versus Marlins pitching battle. And I think it's going to be the Phillies. I've got them as lock.
0: Yeah, that one. I mean, after seeing the Marlins this week, they're a pesky team. They've at the top of their rotation, I think, can compete with pretty much anyone. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the Marlins. I can't quite lock them in. Uh, or I can't quite lock the Phillies in over the Marlins for that reason. So uh, I the only repeat yeah, I have from last week, I'm picking the Rays again. They face the A's. And that's the one you stole from me, which I'm stealing your thunder a little bit. I but- already had it. I broke I my locks before you. I thought you only had three in there. Okay, whatever. Um, no, no, no. The A's are the A's. The Rays are the Rays. I um, apologize to A's fans, and I, I know I don't want to lock the same team in each time, but two juicy matchups against the Orioles and the A's. Hopefully, next week, uh, the Rays have some tougher matchups, and I won't pick them again. Yeah, so the
1: I'm throwing in a fourth one this week. We both had three last week. I'm going to throw in a fourth. I also had the Rays over the A's. The Rays, only undefeated team, which is why... I threw on the hat today but yeah you cover that Rays are they're undefeated the a's are not good so i got the Rays over the a's
0: also locked that one in those hats too are some of the best in baseball i love this one did you see the 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 couple miscues that they had this weekend though and the helmet decal for oh, the sticker I Forget who it was was it g-man choy it, it might have been g-man choy uh, it was like completely off his helmet, and then they brought out a new a new mascot, and it's just the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen.
1: Oh yeah, it that mascot was bad. I mean, I like their old mascot. I uh, I think it was called Raymond. I like the old one. I don't know why they have to do this new one. Who was just it was just like it wasn't like a full mascot, like a whole, full costume like we're normally seeing. It was just like a guy wearing baseball pants with like something covering the top half of his body.
0: I mean, it looks it looks like something that would be in like a kid's game, like or a kid's cartoon. Yeah, It looks like
1: a a poorly done cartoon like
0: character. Yeah.
1: And that's their mascot. So, yeah, I mean, that's the that doesn't reflect the rays on the field. I wish I wish if the rays were bad, we can make some funny jokes about that. But the rays are good. And that's why we both got them as locks this week.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's you have that, you've got Tropicana Field, it's just the Rays outside of their performance on the field, which is elite, kinda have mm, not quite elite, uh, helmet decals, mascots and and stadiums. But yeah, again, I think they're a lot to beat the A's this weekend. Anything else you're looking forward to in, in the next coming week of baseball? Just can just being able to continue to watch games that matter.
1: I'm just grateful for all of it after we experienced 99 days of the lockout, but just excited for that baseball's back and gives me something to do with my days other than homework. Yeah, exactly. Which which I don't Um, get much much done of nowadays. Yeah. Sorry, mom
0: and dad. Uh, Each day, each day so far, we've been doing recaps on TikTok. So even though we're only here about once a week for the podcast, you can go follow us on TikTok right now. We're one follower away from a hundred. So if you see, and that's still the case, you can get brownie points from us to next week. If we we see that we've gotten to a hundred. Um, but yeah, you can watch those daily recaps. If you're missing some games, we try and get to everything possible. We've seen Stanton home runs, Buxton home runs. There was the crazy Javier Baez walk off against the tigers. Um, the giants walk off, uh, Pete alonzo's home run we're trying to cover everything jeremy Pena hitting his home run there's a lot of stuff being covered on TikTok. we're going to still be active on instagram and twitter i don't know if i have very much voice left in me so do you want to hit the outro yeah i'll do it uh thank you guys for listening
1: and uh make sure you if you like this video like and subscribe we really appreciate it we're just trying to grow our grow our name right now but like i said like and subscribe make sure you follow all the socials down below jack covered it we're active on instagram Uh, TikTok and Twitter. So make sure you go follow all of those. And uh, thank you for listening today. We've been the Double Play Podcast and we'll see you next week.